Hello, boys and girls, men, women, children, fathers, sons, uncles, uh, granddaughters, grandsons. I'm leaving some out. Help me out here, Chris. <laughs> cousins? Did you say cousins? Oh, cousins. Good. Yeah, there you go. Nephews, nieces. Here. Yeah, that's why you're vital to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of History Creeps, everybody. Thanks for listening. It, you know, it makes us feel good that somebody pays us any sort of attention, especially me. I crave it, need it, and it's how I can sleep at night. Uh, I'm Johnny Townsend, and with me, as always, is... This is Chris Chavez, and Johnny, you have someone with you today. Yeah, we are pleased as punch. Is that a saying? (laughs) It should be if it's not. (laughs) Yeah, we are super duper pleased. As punch. As punch. We are pleased as, you know, he can just wait a minute while we talk about this (laughs) saying. Pleased as punch is, it makes no sense. (laughs) Punch is an inanimate object, is it not? I'm pretty sure. Well, it depends. What punch are you speaking of? The verb punch? But I guess you wouldn't be pleased by a punch. Pu- being punched. I don't know. Depends on who you are, <laughs> I guess. You know, some people are kind of into that. I think we lost our guest. <laughs> and I'm listening to you guys talk, and I'm sitting here thinking about spiked punch. <laughs> oh, there you go. And that was the sultry tones of our guest, Arthur uh, Carter Johnson. Hey, what's up, Carter? What's going on, man? What's up? Not Welcome much. to the show. Ah, uh, thank you guys. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Thanks for now, having Carter, me. Carter Carter won't admit this, but he's a huge fan of of me. So that's why <laughs> <laughs> Carter, if you would please uh tell us a little bit about yourself and uh and tell us about the stuff that you do. And how'd you run into Johnny? How'd you guys get to know each other? It was physically painful. I was standing there. He wasn't <laughs> watching where he was going. It was, yeah, it was a rough time. It was a rough time. I spilled soda on me and everything. Yeah, it was bad. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm an author in the, uh, North Carolina area and, um, in my research travels, uh, I've come across a lot of really weird, you know, things, especially in my part of the, the country, you know, just a lot of weird stuff goes on around North Carolina that you don't even you don't even think about it until you dig into it. And the more you dig, the, the more scared you get until finally one day you reach the Brown Mountain Lights and you're like, okay, I'm done. That's it. I'm not digging into this anymore. Brown Mountain Lights. You haven't uh, heard of the, the Brown Mountain Lights? No. Is yeah, that real? Man. Yeah, oh, man. Dude. Oh, that's another episode right there. Oh, man. It sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like Carter's coming back already. We're booking him. Brown hey. Mountain Lights. The Brown Mountain Lights are literally about. 20 to 30 minutes from where I live. Oh, no kidding, man. Yeah. Oh, it's time to, it's time to bust out the George Lucas episode one camera and do some investigations here, man. Uh Oh, let's do it. Uh Oh, <laughs> we might find a Bigfoot while we're at it. I heard he roams around here somewhere. <laughs> History creeps in the field. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ready to become, uh, you guys ready to become one of those, uh, Cloverfield style tapes, you know, the proper <laughs> government, you know what I'm saying? I'm so scared right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, you know what, Johnny? There's actually a movie like that about Brown Mountain Lights. Oh, oh is there really? Yeah, and it's called it's called Alien Abduction. The title is real cheesy, but it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, just to Chris, just to give you a little little bit about that. Now we're not talking about the Brown Mountain Lights on this episode, but <laughs> it's really fascinating. <laughs> like for years, I mean, I'm talking a long, long time. People claim that there's up in the mountains 
uh, in North Carolina. Near, it's cl- kind of close to the Blue Ridge Parkway, like it's on your way to there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this little pull-off, where you can, and it's just it's a beautiful area. I mean, it's just mountains and trees and forests everywhere. It's beautiful up there. Uh, but apparently sometimes at night, there's these mysterious lights that, that'll just appear, and nobody knows where they're coming from. Really? Yeah. Just in the sky or, like, in front of you? No, they look like they're in a dis. They're in the distance. They're out in the distance. Like, uh, is it in the sky? I've never actually seen them. I've only heard and read about them. I've, I've, I've only heard, you know, in the distance. But as I understand it, there have been people that have claimed to see the lights in the sky too. But that may just, you know, have to do with the fact that it's the mountains and huh. UFOs tend to hang out and you know, out-of-the-way places like that. Because stuff like that doesn't happen, you know, in cities. It only happens in the middle of nowhere. I typed in brown mountain lights in Google and hit images, and there's some that are lights in the sky that are kind of like UFOs. And it look, Then there's some where it looks like, like if you were in the distance at night and you were looking out towards the mountains and someone was out there camping, there was a fire going, you know, a little fire going, that's what it looks like, the glow in yeah. the distance. That's kind of, it's kind of creepy if you go out there and there's nothing, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, see, that's why some people were thinking that maybe it's like car lights down there or was what you just said, but when you go down there and can actually get to where it was supposed to be, there's nothing there. Hmm. This definitely warrants an, an episode. Yeah, for sure. This will be okay. cool. anyway, But anyway, Carter, uh, you know, you say you write books, so tell us a little bit about some of the books that, that you've written. Uh, well, my first novel uh, was called The House on Dead Boy Lane, and it was sort of in the vein of, you know, the, the type of thing we're talking about with the Brown Mountain Lights. It was it was about urban legend and how, you know, sometimes when you dig and dig, you can get to the meat of what the urban legend is. Of course, my novel was horror fiction, so the urban legend turns out to be real. Nice. Uh, but you know, a lot of the time, these you can you can really track where these things uh, originate from. Like if you if you dig into uh, the Slender Man uh, mm. urban legend, you can re- actually find out where it started and read an interview with the guy, and he'll he, you know he says I altered these photographs and I put them up at this point in time on the internet and wrote this story to go with it and blah 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 blah. So you just have to be willing you know, to do the research and put in the legwork. It was a Reddit thing, wasn't it? The Slender Man? Yeah, yeah, Slender Man started on Reddit, that's right. The whole creepy, creepy pasta thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like the biggest, that one in the the Russian sleep experiment are the biggest uh, creepy pastas. I don't think I've read that one, I don't think. Uh, It's it's got its own movie coming out pretty soon. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, man. If you troll Reddit and creepypasta and even YouTube, um, I've I've gone on YouTube and typed in found footage, uh-huh. just to creep myself out. And there's <laughs> there's some creepy stuff on there, dude. I saw. Have you seen? There's this two minute short film called Lights Out, and it's this woman who like she's going to getting ready to go to bed. And she shuts the light off in her hallway, and and when she shuts the light off in a hallway, that you can see the it, like the shadow of like someone standing at the end of the hall. She turns back on, and there's no one there. And she'll turn oh, it off, and there's someone there. And she does it like three or four times. And like the fourth time she does it, it doesn't show up in the dark. You know what I mean? It's creepy as hell. But the end is just is where it gets you. You got to watch it if you haven't seen it. I can't do it. I've already decided <laughs> I'm not going to. No, I, you know what, Johnny? That's it's funny that you say where, uh, about where you live because I I watched one. And the title of it was just found footage, but 
I gotta say, I've watched a lot of those videos, and you can tell when they're, you know, supposed to be short films or when they're faked or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the more and more I watched, it was like if you came across something that was real on here, how would you actually know mm-hmm. if it was real or not? You know, because you're because you're supposed to discount whatever you see on YouTube as, oh, it's faked, it's not real, someone used Photoshop or mm-hmm. a graphics program or whatever. Yeah, that's why when I want to find real information on anything, I always go to Wikipedia because that's completely true. It's never made up. <laughs> Ever. I have a I have an encyclopedia collection that I started that's strictly printouts from Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm at Jay's. I'm at the Jay's right now. And well, you gets- know what? And that's it's funny that you say that because a lot of times when you're digging into the urban legend side of it. Wikipedia is one of the best places to go because they'll print all the different, you know, different versions of it. Like, you know, the Hookman urban mm, legend yeah. has so many different variations, you know, but they'll, they'll they will put every single one of them on there, like the different regional, you know, kind of variations, which is now, now, super interesting. How's there? How are there different uh, versions of the Hookman? Sometimes it just has like two regular hands. Well, when he's if it's in, if it's in California, he's wearing board shorts and carrying a surfboard. <laughs> no, sometimes you know, sometimes you'll hear it was the guy that got out of the car, or yeah. sometimes it was the girl that got out of the car. Yeah, different um, ways on how they're killed or something. Yeah, or sometimes you know they hear the scratching sound, and when they drive off and get to wherever they're going, the hook is stuck in the car. That's the one I heard. It's stuck in the door, the door handle. If you watch the movie Urban Legend, the one that they do there is he gets out of the car, he gets hung from the tree, and it's his feet, you know, scraping against the roof of the car oh. that she Which, that's the one I heard. That's nice. I think it's so, what they did on Supernatural. That's a documentary series. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, don't knock it. That guy... That guy really did his research making Supernatural because a lot of the stuff in there, you know. I, I'm not knocking it at all. I've literally seen every episode, so that's awesome. I've never seen. I haven't seen one. It's very good. I love it. But anyway, yeah. Well, you you should, man, because it's got a lot of good, you know, stuff on urban legends and things like that, and it's it's also got a lot of classic rock and a big ass Impala. So oh, nice. Okay, you sold me now. Yeah. Um, so the book you write, the book you wrote was is a dealt with urban legends. Uh, it dealt with urban legends in the context of we're gonna, sh- you know, I am the author. I'm gonna show you all these urban legends in this little small town, but I'm gonna show you one that's actually true. Oh, nice! And characters are gonna go through the story and slowly <clears throat> put all the pieces together until they eventually, at the end, go into this supposedly haunted house. Now, aren't most urban legends kind of have some grain of truth to them, and they just kind of snowball? De- yeah, it depends on, you know, where you start for most of them. Because uh, certain ones, you know, go all the way back. And it depends on what you consider urban legend, you know. Right, we're a lot, I mean, I, a lot of the ideas behind these stories were to keep teenagers like in the 50s or in the 40s um from doing things that they shouldn't be doing it was it was more of a moral thing morality right like to keep kids in line like the whole a lot thing of was- it yeah a lot of it was that and a lot of it was you know campfire type yeah. of stories um 
People like to be scared. From, from um, back in the eighties, the uh, the sto- the book "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." Oh, still have them. Yeah, exactly. Me too. <laughs> well, a lot of those are just urban legends that have been put yeah. into print. Yeah, nice. Those are so, awesome. It, I mean, the, you can go anywhere with with a lot of this stuff, especially some of the ones I found are just insane. Like the Polybius urban legend. Uh, you guys remember Last Starfighter, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, they say that... The documentary. The, it's the documentary, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. They say that it comes from the Polybius urban legend about this arcade game that showed up in Portland, Oregon in 1981. And the guys that played it, supposedly all suffered amnesia and insomnia and all kinds of weird stress reactions and uh, night terrors. Um, ah! and, but yeah, exactly. Uh, but there would be lines around the block at the arcades to play this game. Lions or lines? Lines. Lines around the block. <laughs> either, and, way I'm, uh, either way, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and, uh, these these men in black type characters would show up and like record data from the game, you know, like who had the high scores and all this uh. kind of stuff. And then a month or two later, it just disappears, and nobody's ever seen it again. So now, like, sorry to interrupt you. So according to this legend, now was that the only place that this game showed up? Was it just one game? Because you know, back then in the early eighties, I was born in eighty three, but I still remember arcades. You know, you can walk into an arcade, there's like mm-hmm. 40 machines, different game machines in one. Yeah. Supposedly, it was just being, what do you call it, like beta tested. Hmm. They were just, they were kind of testing it to see what it was, uh, if people were interested in it, you know, how many <laughs> machines they could, because t- you remember back in the day, you could go to an arcade and there'd be like three Super Mario machines. Yeah. Now, you could never play one because they were always being played on, but still, there were three machines there. Yep. Um, so I think it has something to do with that, but with that one, you can trace it back to the early release of Tempest. Do you guys remember Tempest, the old vector graphic game? I don't think I, I don't think I ever did, no. Now, I, always, I always almost played it, but I, you know, I, I just told myself not to. I was not about to be tempted. Never, never mind, keep going. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Apparently, the early release versions of Tempest actually did cause people to have like epileptic reactions and vertigo reactions in the yeah. arc while they were playing the game. Oh wow! Now that now that there is a history of that in video games, because if I remember correctly, there was even mm-hmm. a wasn't it like a Pokemon game that did the same thing? Yeah, exactly. Don't they Exa- have don't they have um, warnings in like the the little pamphlets that come with the games, little booklets, or even on the games at the beginning saying that. If you're prone to epilepsy, that you should maybe shouldn't play video games. Yes, yes. I wondered. So th- it was because of ple- what was it po- Polybius? Polybius, Polybius, or or Polybius. I mean, it just depends on how you want to pronounce it. But mm. now, what exactly? What kind of game was was Polybius? Apparently, apparently, it was just sort of um, a uh, a vector graphic first person shooter like Tempest. Hmm. But it, it was done in such a way, supposedly, that there were subliminal messages within the video game that would affect the players. Great. 
And but here's the thing that makes it weird: the FBI raided a bunch of arcades in Portland because of video gambling back in '81, and they monitored all the arcades and the games. So maybe the urban legend came from you know these FBI guys who probably were in black suits, right? You know, checking on these games. Now, was it was the the urban legend? Um, did this game show up in an arcade, like with other games around it, or was it like like in the Last Starfighter? Remember, you got you you guys have seen the Last Starfighter, right? Yeah, it was just like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, remember that arcade? It was like the uh, like a snack shack or something like that, and it was just sitting outside. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. only the only machine sitting out there. So, how was this one supposed to be? Was this one machine, or was like? There was supposedly, other machines going on. Supposedly, it was just one machine in one arcade. Oh my god, that's that's already there creepy. Were, there were supposedly there were literally like fights over who got to play it next, like actual fist fights. So, well, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the old school rule of you walk up, you put your quarters down, and you're like, I got next game. No, it was like there's 20 people in line to play this game. In lion, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, for listeners who haven't seen The Last Starfighter, the idea was that this kid was awesome at this, uh, like, space fighting game. Um, and he was, like, the best there was at it. And the point was that this this arcade game, this cabinet, was actually um, tracking him. And, and they needed him to say actually help save the universe, right? It was like this this galactic yeah. war. I just uh I just remember the aliens from that one, but yeah, when the limo shows up outside. Oh yeah, that's right. And they they look kind of lizardy. I think they were kind of lizard looking. Kind of looked like Lewis Gossett Jr. in Enemy Mine. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I do think since we live in a you know in 2016 now, a an arcade cabinet game back in the day, boys and girls. Oh yeah, that's right. We're in giant machines that took up space in a room. When I say cabinet, I didn't even think to explain that. It's hilarious. I wasn't thinking about it either, but that's when you, that's where you went to play the good graphic video games. Yeah, no kidding. Instead of your 8-bit Nintendo at home. That's right, because I could handle that kind of power. And, and Oh, yeah, those were the greatest. I, I got a buddy that um, his family business is restoring old arcade machines like that, and it's like, bro... If you ever come across a Konami Aliens cabinet from 86, you, you call me and you let me know. Or if you come across a Pol- Polybius. Run. Run fast. <laughs> run far. <laughs> so so did you come across the Polybius in, in research, you know, researching a book or what was how, how did you hear about it? I'd never heard of this. And then when you, when Johnny was telling me that about this thing, I was like, really? Uh, and I saw that it actually showed up on The Simpsons as well. Yeah, I um I was researching urban legends for my book because I wanted to sort of make up my own urban legends for this fictional town but give them the feel of, you know, a real small town urban legend. And when you when you research that sort of thing, especially on Wikipedia, there's actually a link page on there that allows you to go to all sorts of different and weird urban legends that are on there. Um, and Polybius is just one of the ones, you know, that pops up when you search that. But some of the ones you can read and you're like, okay, this is obviously campfire story or, you know, 
somebody took a weird landmark and made up a story about it. Mm-hmm. But some of them do have a shred of truth, and they're pretty odd. I remember there was urban legends. I remember when we were kids. Uh, do you remember the gang lights one? Like if if you're driving at night with your headlight, you see somebody oh, yeah. driving if with their headlights off. Lights. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a gang initiation. Still don't do that. If I, <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Because I watched Death Sentence, man. I saw that movie. I'm not. I'm not even gonna take a chance. I don't want to be Kevin Bacon in Death Sentence. I'm now, not even. Now, no. I, don't, I don't blame you, but I will say one time I was out in the big city of Hickory. <laughs> and it's actually it's actually a decent sized city there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Decent sized hamlet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a decent sized Shakespeare play, and I, and I was driving around, and then I got pulled over because I didn't have my lights on. I had no idea, so that would have helped me out if somebody just flashed their dang lights at me. <laughs> no, and everybody was like, "Nope, I'm not going to be that guy." <laughs> yep, because I mean, of them, I look stupid. <laughs> exactly. I remember that one. I remember the one that. Pete's, there was a guy going around putting razor blades in the coin collect the, the coin change thing of, of uh, public telephones. Yep. Oh Pay yeah, phones. I do remember that one. Remember that one, and and then there was the other one with the uh, somebody going around sticking people with an AIDS needle. You guys remember the one about the kid that disappeared in the steam tunnels playing Dungeons and Dragons? No. Like no. It, it was uh, they some some author got a hold of it and wrote a book about it called Mazes and Monsters, and it was one of it got turned into a movie, and it was one of Tom Hanks's very first movies. Really, and it was about a kid. Um, I forget which college it was. It was somewhere in California. I want to say it was Caltech, but he he supposedly he got lost and died in the steam tunnels under the school playing a real-life version of Dungeons & Dragons, which is why I had to hide my Dungeons & Dragons playing from my mom when I was a teenager. Really? <laughs> because she was terrified of it and would never let me play it because of that one story. Wow. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. Well, there's a, well, like we said before, though, there's always a little bit of shred of truth to most of these because I remember, mm-hmm. I think it's in France where they have all the, the underground, the whole there's a whole city underground. That, that a- you know, that they don't even use anymore, and people go get lost in there, and they'll, and they, you know, they're gone. Oh, you just never see them again. Yeah, the catacombs. Yeah, they made a movie about it called "As Above, So Below," where, uh, like, a uh, archaeological team took cameras down there. It's a found footage movie, oh. and they uh, they end up going so deep in the catacombs that they discover the entrance to hell. And you know it's the entrance to hell because it says over the hole, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. And then uh, you walk in and it's Detroit. Dante's oh, it was, man, it, it For a second, there was a burning car, so it did kind of look like <laughs> in a couple of scenes. Uh, but I love not, you, Detroit. It was creepy, man. They were going after the uh, the Philosopher's Stone and they ended up finding the, the portal to hell. Hmm. Now you know you're talking about finding stuff on YouTube. I did find this video on YouTube. It's uh, this guy is like just two people, and they're going into the catacombs there, and you're just following them as they're going through there, and they're just they're looking for somebody got lost down there, and they're looking for them, and like all you see is just this long tunnel, just black. It's all you see, just blackness and blackness and blackness. Oh, it's it's 
Listen, man, if you watch the movie as above, so below, they actually got special permission to film in a lot of the closed off parts of the catacombs that like that nobody had ever seen, you know, in a film before. So I saw a video on YouTube just like that of a guy by himself in the catacombs and it starts out. There's no sound, of course. It starts out, you know, real nice, and he's looking around, but eventually he something happens, and he just starts running. And then he drops the camera and doesn't go back for it. I've seen that, yes. Yeah. yeah no way. That one's, that one's yeah. crazy. Oh, hold on. This is. I just looked up. This says Paris Catacombs Lost Man footage. It's only like that's a minute. The one. A that's minute, the Lost Man. That's the one, yep. A minute 37? Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't you Real- just see him running off in the distance? <laughs> No, like it, it. Here's the thing: the camera falls in the water. Yes. Yep. See him run off, but then you almost see what looks like somebody coming after him because the water moves. Again, <laughs> which is creepy, man. That's oh, awesome. so creepy. Now I gotta watch some of these. There's another one that says, "Man gets lost in the catacombs of Paris, deep in the Parisian catacombs. A video camera was recovered by explorers. The recording it held is chilling." Nine. Well, apparently they never found who the camera belonged to. Oh, but again, no. modern day urban legend, you know, who knows if it's actually true or if somebody faked that footage. I, yeah. I personally don't think that anybody would fake that footage, but I don't like to believe that people screw with other people's minds like that on purpose. <laughs> well, I guess with with the popularity of found footage films and the uh, just having access to the Internet and YouTube anymore, I mean... It is harder. It's harder to tell now what's real and what's not. Photoshop uh, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. With us, I think uh, George Romero made a zombie movie about that. Diary of the Dead. Oh really? They they see the zombie outbreak on YouTube and everybody's like, "Oh, that's not, you know, that's not real. It's that's fake. That's fake." And then it starts happening around them. <laughs> <laughs> what if that movie was nothing but? Zombies writing in diaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with ca- That's with, all it is. With today I tried to eat a wallet. It did yeah. not taste good. <laughs> that was just, today, brains. Tomorrow, brains. The world. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, awesome. You know, like, we're talking, you know, when I was growing up for like Halloween, you weren't allowed to eat your candy as soon as you got it. You know, your parents had to check it. Because people could be putting razor blades in them. And that's actually based on a real thing that happened. I was going like to say, that, I think it was that, that something happened, right? Yeah, uh, I think it was in Texas. Uh, some kid got was eating candy from Halloween. I don't remember when this was. I mean, it was many, many years ago. And I'm going to the hospital because he was getting cut on razor blades, him and his friends. And so they didn't know who did it. Kind of find out the dad had done it the whole time. But, you know. That is the only documented case of that ever happening. Yeah, so just to eat all the candy you can find, everybody. It doesn't matter that, where. It's that's been. why that was. That's why that was started, man. It's so your parents could eat your freaking candy on Halloween. That's the only reason why they don't need to check anything. It's smart parents. Well, I, there you go. Uh, you, what you just said. Everyone has a little shred of truth in it, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that dad only hit up five or six kids, and the reason he did it was because he was trying to kill his own son, and he wanted to hide it. Yeah, yeah, I think so, that was the case. <laughs> Now, what are your thoughts? Do you think this video game really existed, Polybius? 
I don't know. I, I kind of believe the the Tempest theory that it was it was ba- the urban legend was based off of a early release version of Tempest that actually did you know cause people to have some problems. Not the government trying to track uh, what what a um, who knows this this new technology video games that kids are getting into. Let's see if we can turn it into a weapon and see what it can do to people's brains. Well, it almost seems like why even bother to do that when you can walk into any arcade, especially back in the 80s, and just check the machine's high scores. You know, and then once you know the high score, all you do is either A, go talk to the arcade owner and say, who is this person? Or do you know who this person is? <laughs> or sit in a van outside the arcade and wait for the guy. <laughs> do you know how bad that's going to look? The van's outside and all these little kids are watching the little kids playing video games. Or the adult going to the owner of the arcade trying to get the little kid's name. <laughs> What's the name of this little boy? I need how many, window- how many windows does the van have? My guess is none. <laughs> but, but think about it, though. Think about it. It's back in the 1980s. It's pre-9-11, so people still somewhat trust the government. Yeah. All you'd have to do is, you know, flash an NSA badge or something. You're right. The government part, right. But uh, the 1980s, though, I remember that the whole height of stranger danger. Stay away from the vans with the no windows thing. Yeah, I I, we didn't have like a safe word or anything like that, you know, like a lot (laughs) of other kids did. But yeah, my, my parents were pretty, pretty hyperactive about those kinds of things. Hmm. And you're right. That was that 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 almost feels like that's when that started. Was back in the eighties, right? The whole like don't let like, don't get kidnapped thing. Yeah, like a response to all the serial killers, you know, from the seventies, like Son of Sam and mm-hmm. you know Charles Manson, and uh, even the Jonestown thing. You know, I saw a documentary recently on the Jonestown massacre. That was, and that's another one, Johnny, that goes back to YouTube. You can go on there and find. Jim Jones's last recording, and it is terrifying. Yeah, we actually talked about that <laughs> in the last episode. Um, I listen. I'll listen to this once, and that's it. You know, I'll I'll never listen to it again. That's what I told Chris. I said <laughs> I tried. I listened to it once, and I couldn't do it anymore because it's real. I mean, it's real. What you're listening to is happening. It's happened. Exactly. Exactly. Insane. But yeah. Now, you know, speaking oh. of speaking of video games. Trying to move on to the next subject. Oh, before you do, before you do, I just wanted to say that when you said that about that being a real recording, that almost reminded that reminds me of another urban legend. Do you guys know the song um, "Love Roller Coaster" by the Ohio Players? Yeah, I know that song. The, the Chili Peppers covered it back in the nineties. Yeah, the original recording. Um, they say you can hear a woman screaming at the beginning of it, and it's supposed to be a woman being murdered just outside the studio when it was being recorded. That's the urban legend for it. I have. I have heard that one. Oh, you have to go back and listen to the song. Heard that one. I'll end the show with that song today. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, here's another one. Here's another one, real quick, that'll freak you out, and it's not an urban legend. It's absolutely true. If you go back and watch the original Poltergeist from the 1980s, when uh, Joe Beth Williams falls into the swimming pool at the end, you know, and all the bodies and stuff start, the coffins and everything start popping out of the ground. Those are real skeletons. Oh, really? They're like medical skeletons or something. But dig into Poltergeist, man. That movie—you talk about your show being cursed. That movie was cursed, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what we could make. We can base it on cursed films or cursed shows. That's the next there episode. Just to be about our show, though. Yeah, hey, ours will have a whole segment. 
<laughs> I watch a lot of movies, so I'd be more than happy to help you out with that. Awesome, awesome. If if I was doing research for that, I'd have to watch like you know The Lion King first, and then that, <laughs> and then you know the Muppets take Manhattan. And, yeah, the Muppets take Manhattan <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, throw yeah throw in some happy ones in there. Yeah. Why <laughs> oh, did have? There you go. Save me, Henson. Save me. <laughs> awesome. Now, speaking of video games, uh, you know, Silent Hill, which I think we've all, we all know. Christy, you know about Silent Hill, the game? I do, yes. I remember playing it uh, with the lights off and the sound all the way up. Oh, and that's, it's one creepy yep. game. Like, all those oh, games are creepy. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Carter, you were telling me that, the, you know, there was a movie that came out recently. Uh, it wasn't one that long ago, based on, which I hated, by the way. My friends... Uh, made me go with them i hate scary movies i can't stand i can't stand them. my friends made me go with them to see the silent hill movie and this movie's what 10 years old so this is no spoiler alert there's this part in it you have you both seen this movie yeah oh yeah own both of them man okay or there's this part where the the pyramid head has this woman and she's naked and just oh, pulls dude. her skin off oh, her body oh yeah and i tapped out i tapped out i said yeah. i can't do this <laughs> Really? That's the part that got you, not the bonfire <laughs> part at the end. Really? No, it's just, he grabbed her like her, her, you know her, uh, you know. How can I put this delicately? <laughs> he, tore, tore off. he tore her skin off like he was ripping somebody's shirt off. Yeah, Ugh. but you know that stayed with me for long <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> oh, I'm picturing it in my head right now, man. I can I can see exactly what you're talking about. Oh my god! But but I will say the atmosphere of that movie was almost spot on from the game. Like they did a great job yeah. with the feel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's creepy. Now you're telling me that was kind of based on an, a real place, right? Now, the, yeah, they didn't use it for the video games, but uh, for the movie, um, I don't know if you know this. The guy that wrote the movie is actually the co-writer of Pulp Fiction. Really? Really. And he, you know, was kind of the driving force behind getting the first movie made because it was like, oh, it's the guy that wrote Pulp Fiction. You know, we should read the script and maybe it'll be a great movie and yada, yada, yada. So he really used this town uh, in Pennsylvania called Centralia or Centralia, however you want to say it, um, that this underground coal fire started in the in the city or in the town in 1962 from Basically, from the garbage dump, they were uh, supposed to burn the landfill and then, you know, extinguish the fire and cover it back up. Well, the town's landfill was in an old strip mine, and the fire reached an exposed vein of coal, and it basically ignited a coal fire under the town that is still burning today. Just throughout throughout the mines, just snaking throughout the, the tunnels. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of what they used for the the Silent Hill movie. Like that's why when you watch the movie, the town is completely abandoned. Oof. Now, in 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 reality, in Centralia, I think eight people still live there, and they recently settled with the government who had invoked eminent domain over the town. They settled with the government, who's letting them basically stay there indefinitely eminent domain means what that it's it, the government it's their land now they yeah they can basically take it over for you know various reasons not just for uh, uh, 
the public safety, but also there are some people that, that think that the whole story is a conspiracy theory and that the government did it on purpose to get to the mining rights around that, that part of the, of the state. Um, and that's why they invoked eminent domain. But the problem with that is that they didn't invoke eminent domain until 1992. So if they, if they really wanted it, they could have gotten it a lot sooner than that. Yeah. Way back when the fire yep. started. Yeah, didn't yeah. the fire start in the 60s, I think? Yeah, back in 62. And the the governor of Pennsylvania invoked eminent domain in 92, but they didn't actually start evicting people in 2009. Wow. I'm looking, so, at, I'm, I'm looking at pictures, and it shows the this highway that goes, and it just kind of dies off. Yeah, and it's um, all broken up and split, and there's smoke coming out of it. And someone yeah. spray painted "Welcome to Hell" six 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 right at the entrance. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, if you go into the town, it's it's mostly been raised at this point. Really? So all the houses are gone, all of the community buildings and and things you would normally see in a small town like that are gone. The post office revoked their zip code in two thousand two, so they can't get mail. Well, supposedly they have a new one, but I don't really, I don't know what it is. I was going to say, so these people that decided they wanted to stay there and now they have no post office, how do they get like anything? Do Is there, is, if they're living there, is there a grocery store? Like, you know what I mean? They have to go to the know. neighboring town, huh? There's a neighboring town called Ashland. And I think that's where most people go to because as I understand it, that's what their new zip code is connected to is Ashland, not technically centralia so it's really weird if you look at it you know from that point of view uh, because you're right why would you want to live there if you've got to drive 45 minutes to the grocery store or an hour or what have you yeah chris you really you really need to look up some before pictures of like before the fire i mean it was an actual town i mean it had just, it even had like all kinds of buildings. It had a post office, it had a gas station, it had all of this stuff, and then none of that's there now. That's insane. Now, did the did the town like the idea and the story of this town inspire the video game Silent Hill, or did when they wanted to make the film, they decided to use the idea of like the way this town looked and stuff? Yeah, when they when they went to make the movie, they really wanted to use the town because it. I think it was because it gave it more of a motivation as to why it would be such an empty place, you mm-hmm. know, like it is in the video games. Nice. Um, but if you watch the second Silent Hill movie, he the guy, it's a different writer and director, and he works to tie the games more into the movie. It still takes place in the same sort of Silent Hill, but there's a lot more stuff from the games in it. But it's still in this kind of deserted, coal-fiery, you know, you walk down the street, there's smoke pouring out of the ground. Wow. Yeah, now, how how are how are there still eight people living there? I would think just with you know carbon monoxide and all that stuff, you would have to leave just for your own health. You know, again, there's a conspiracy theory around that too. How dangerous is it really if there are still people living there? Who knows what kind of health problems they have? If if they even have any at all. Now, didn't they say that the reason? It got serious just because some kid fell in or something like that. Like there was a sinkhole that happened around there. Oh, there about a four foot sinkhole in a kid's backyard, and he fell in, but one of his buddies was able to to pull him out. Oh. Um, and that event combined with what Johnny mentioned about the gas station, the guy that owned it 
dropped a thermometer down into one of his tanks, and it was like 178 degrees in there. Wow. And that was when the town started getting serious about the about the coal fire. And I think I think the gas station thing happened in the seventies. I think it happened about twelve or thirteen years after the fire is is supposed to have started. Hmm. Now, wasn't this originally like a coal town, like you were saying? And then, you know, we started moving away from coal, so that's that town was already starting to die down in the first place. I mean, not down to eight people, but you know what I mean? <laughs> well, no, it, it had died down to the point that the, the new town landfill was in an old strip mine, you know, but supposedly the town was supposed to lay this sort of clay barrier <clears throat> every couple of feet when they filled it with trash, you know, they'd put in some trash and then they'd put this clay barrier in that would prevent any kind of burning material from reaching the coal veins. And the town didn't do it. They sort of fell behind on doing it, and so that's that. They say that's one of the things that led to the fire happening as well. Can't you, can't they just seal seal off specific? You know what I mean? Because I mean, fire needs oxygen to burn. So, isn't it possible to seal it up at some point and just let it burn out until it doesn't burn anymore? You know but what I mean? what, how much would that cost, though? Oh. Wouldn't it just be cheaper to evacuate everybody out? Now, I, I agree with what you're saying because eventually the fire is just going to keep finding coal veins and keep burning. Mm-hmm. And it'll burn its way out of that town. It's already starting to. You mean into neighboring areas underneath? Yes, into neighboring areas. <laughs> so, But it's probably just cheaper to keep moving people out. Wow, I'm looking at a, a satellite aerial photo of... Of the town, and it is. It's it's just completely. It's all these just empty like lots. You can tell something used to be there. There's crisscrossing tree. I mean streets. That and yeah, the streets, and you can see some, uh, you know, a little bit of sidewalk left too. And uh, they didn't tear down any of the, any of the churches either. I believe. I think those are still up. Hmm. But wow. it's it's eerie, man. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to walk down those streets? Central, you said it's Pennsylvania, right? Let me see how far yeah. that is from Buffalo. It's gonna be interesting to see, huh? Um, I don't know. I think I saw something about a documentary on this thing where they scientists went up in a plane to do thermal imaging and saw that things. Were, I mean, it was still burning, still, still going. Yeah, so, I, I caught a little bit of that documentary myself. Oh, let's see. And have they said how long they think that that fire is going to keep going on for? There are differing estimates, but you know I've heard some that are that say it can go for another seventy years. Wow, so, I'm looking at something here. It says two hundred and fifty, another two hundred and fifty years, possibly. See, there you go, man. That's and, insane. Think about that. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, how much farther will that go in two hundred and fifty years? Who knows? It could, it, you know, you, you might be looking at coal fires in West Virginia by that point. Who knows? Four hour, four and a half hours, four and a half hour drive from where I am to Centralia, PA. That's probably like the middle between us and you. I think that's where we should have our <laughs> <laughs> our podcast con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will we have internet there? <laughs> I don't well, think so. we, can always, we can always, you know, Wi-Fi hotspot our phones. There well, there's a go. lot of hotspots there from what you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, we'll be good there. Uh, it's a little longer from Hickory. It's about eight hour drive. I keep forgetting how far away Pennsylvania is. Yeah, you're quite a ways. It's forever. You know, I got a digital camera. We can always make a found footage movie of our own out there. <laughs> that would there be awesome, right? And just randomly leave it somewhere somebody else can find it. See, now that's the way to do it. Make it a true found. Make somebody find it. You know what I mean? And when they come <laughs> across that footage, they freak out and they're like, holy crap, is this real? But see, then you're messing with people, though. But that's I, not really. You're actually, you well, you got to also hope. Dating that can, your own urban legend in a way. Yeah, yeah. you got to hope. But that, make sure it's perfectly edited when they find it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect cuts. I'm, I love those. Don't get me wrong. I will watch those found footage movies because they fascinate me, and I like how they do them. But like nobody ever stops and think this movie was perfectly edited. <laughs> well, I guess it. I guess it depends on how you think about it. You know, a lot of the ones I've seen are just people turning on, on and off the camera, right? Hmm, yeah. Like that. That's basically what they want you to believe is how it's edited. You know, the guy turns the camera on at one point and then turns it off at another point. Right. I think you know, I know like, what Johnny like Cloverfield when when he turns it off in Cloverfield you get those shots of like what the tape that he's recording over mm -hmm. you know and oh. then it goes back to what's actually happening in the movie which I thought was pretty cool yeah I do little... love Cloverfield I am a Clo the second one looks pretty sweet oh dude I'm so stoked for the second yeah. one. I just watched Cloverfield again last <laughs> night. how crazy is it that they kept that under wraps the way they did. I know, right? I knew For, that's another urban legend. How did they do that? <laughs> another, I had no clue. And then, and then the fact that it's coming out in a couple months, like it's not even next year. That's that's J.J. Abrams for you, man. He's able to keep that stuff under wraps. I don't know how, but he he's able to do it. That trailer was incredible. It it, he did it me. for uh, remember Super Eight? He did it for uh, Super Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was great. Um, so, I'm stoked for that one, man. I will be there opening night to see that plus it's got my girl mary elizabeth winstead don't know her <laughs> you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong with goodman either that guy's good in whatever he's in oh yeah oh, I know, right i know right that was one of those ones that was like all right if john goodman's doing this movie it's Arachnid. probably gonna be pretty good yeah what's your favorite goodman movie arachnophobia uh, uh, my favorite john goodman movie is definitely death sentence death sentence that's a good one i was thinking uh how do you what's that one where George Clooney's in it, and they're playing like a, they're in a bluegrass band. Yes. Oh, oh, oh brother, brother, where art thou? Yeah, thank you. I love that movie. So do I. That's great too. He plays the Cyclops. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. And pretty much any episode of Roseanne. There you go. Was good. And in. any episode of Community that he's in, he was great on that too. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh man, he lost a lot of weight. Did you see him recently? This is a, now the John Goodman show. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's talk about the urban legend on how he lost the weight. Everybody I, knows. I already swallowed a bunch of tapeworms. <laughs> hey man, you no. got to stick with what works. You know, it's probably it's probably one of those ultra secret Hollywood diets. You know yeah. that they always talk about on the front page of the National Enquirer. <laughs> it's government tapeworms. Right. There you go. Area 51 tapeworms. Yeah. Which is now real. Like, the United States said, oh, yeah, by the way, that was real the whole time. <laughs> Area 51, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's real. You know, it's, you know. Hey, there's another one on YouTube that'll freak you out if you type in uh, Art Bell, Area 51. Oh. Um, this that guy, sounds really familiar. Well, He's... you know, Art Bell does that show Coast to Coast AM. Yes, yes, yep, that's yep. why. Yeah. 
he he had a guy call into a show once and basically say, I'm an ex-employee of Area 51. I just got fired a week ago. I've been on the run for the last week because they're after me. And a minute or so into the call, Art Bell's entire antenna system went down. What? Yeah. Like, he was literally knocked off the air. And you can hear it, you know, on the audio. You can hear the point where it just goes off. Wow. Supposedly, you can hear the audio later on of the guy calling back and saying, oh, uh, you know, I have schizophrenia and blah, 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 blah. But the, the... the way he's saying, I have schizophrenia, I'm sorry I made the call, sounds really forced. Like, really forced. So, oh, just like any time awesome. Chris does his show. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, I really want to go to that town, though. I think that'd be really neat to just to see. Well, apparently, apparently they actually have, like, cops and you know rangers and stuff that patrol it and and turn people away now because so many people have tried to hike up there wait you know, out are we talking about area 51 or centralia dude either one man yeah, either one really yeah oh uh, do they have cops really stopping people from going to centralia yeah apparently so they'll they'll turn you away i mean they won't arrest you or anything right. but uh, you know they'll stop you and turn you away hmm. i say we I- go then I, yeah, we'll have to do it at night, you know, sneak in with some uh, uh, night vision cameras. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll just keep going till one of us falls in a hole. <laughs> these yeah. these cracks in these streets are insane looking. Like, it does. It looks just like that Silent Hill. Like the, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Oh. It's, it's, it's scary looking, to be honest. I wouldn't want to live there. Like I would, I would be taking the the government money, you know. See ya, I'm out. You wouldn't be one of the eight people that decided they want. Oh to stay. man, why would you want to do that? I, I, I'm with you guys. That air's got to be toxic. Who knows what it's doing to you? So the, the documentary that I watched was actually titled "The Town That Was." Did they have the people that in that documentary you're watching? Did they have the people still live that were living there on there? Yeah, the, the, one of the guys that was on there still lived there. Are they those? Are they like the hardcore? Like it's a conspiracy theory kind of a thing. He he did say at one point that <laughs> he doesn't think that it's really that toxic because he feels fine and he's been there forever. But the uh, face this was this the, was like in 2010, I think, when this was from. But the face, yeah, the yeah face, I remember that one. The face growing out of his cheek had something else to say. Yeah, <laughs> now, he did have he did have two heads. <laughs> they were arguing about the toxicity levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But I, I did hear the main reason why that they think that they are not just going to completely kick out the remaining handful of people is because it's mo- mainly the older people. Ah, uh, okay. It'll just look bad on them if they're kicking out seventy year olds. Yeah, which that would explain. Letting them stay there for the remainder of their lives, which is only going to be what 15, 20 years at the most. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, you can't turn them away. They're like, we used to chew thermometers when we were children. That's nothing. I love mercury. <laughs> Man, have you, have you ever listened to any old, uh, speaking of that, any old George Carlin records? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when he talks, when he's like, He's like, nobody in my neighborhood ever got polio. He's like, you know why? Because we swam in the Hudson River. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Like, like we were tempered in raw sewage. Nobody in my neighborhood got polio. The polio never stood a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's these people. They're hanging on for dear life and 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 like no disease can take them down. Cancer? Nope. <laughs> Not in this town. Already have it now if it was going to happen, you know. Yeah. 30 no. years of toxic air. They are all mutants now, but besides that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's more it's closer to the hills have eyes than Silent Hill, but you know, uh, <laughs> hills have eyes, not X Men, not yeah. yet not the cool kind of mutations. Yeah, you don't get a superpower out of this. You get like a third arm or a second ear. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like every time you get bit, bit by a spider, you're like, all right, am I gonna get superpowers this time? This time will be the time. This time is the time. I hope you know that I meant third ear instead of second ear. We should all have two ears. <laughs> <laughs> correct me that before anybody can correct me. I thought I, I thought you meant third eye. I was I was going with you on that one. That's awesome. Whoa! All right. See, I'm looking. Yeah, some of these pictures on on Google for Centralia are crazy. There's one I found, and it's got just like dead wood laying around, and and a whole bunch of just smoke coming around, and a entire torso of a human a rib cage just laying in the grass that's a human that's a human torso that's disgusting this one i gotta see yeah all i did was type centralia in google check google images and about let's see one two three maybe four rows down oof that's a weird one i want to say i've seen that one before there's also a couple of pictures of somebody that went around and took pictures of themselves holding up a photograph of the old, like the old road that they're taking a picture of. And you could see, like, compare the, the streets, you know, now and then. And you could see yeah, all the buildings yeah. in the picture. These are cool pictures. Yeah, listeners should go check it out. Just oh, type in Centralia. I see what you're talking about, man. Isn't that creepy looking? Oh, dude, that is so creepy. And that's that's human. That's a human, right? One, yeah, this is one I haven't seen before, but yeah, that looks like a human being, man. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, no, I, Johnny, <laughs> if, if we're going to this, uh, let me go ahead and clean my forty-five real quick. No, we are going to this. There's no if. All right, well, do you know how to build a proton pack? <laughs> I barely know how to read, so let's do this. <laughs> Make sure you bring along your... Uh, finding nemo dvd or something that's going to lighten after after you you spend hours and hours walking around this empty town you can go back to the hotel and pop in a disney film yeah if we make yeah. it to somebody somebody make sure they bring the sand lot yeah <laughs> oh there you go now we're talking yeah yeah you're killing me smalls you're oh, killing man. me <laughs> i'll bring rick of the year or you bring sand lot we'll just have a baseball day i think if you ever if we ever do visit the place we do a, a, a show from there Okay, but it's gotta be it's gotta be at night, and it's gotta be from one of the four cemeteries. We'll be in the still- we'll be in the middle of talking and slowly like just fading away because the carbon monoxide's overtaking yeah. us. We don't even realize it. <laughs> we get we get less and less uh, understandable. I'm a little tired. Yeah, that's yeah. So, Guys, I'm just gonna close my eyes for a second. Just, uh, oh, that was, would be that would was, be. But it's it's one of those things. It's like if it was gonna happen, you'd think it would have happened already. Yeah. How's your How's your folks? Oxide was that bad. Yeah, no kidding. You know, people are still living there, obviously. So, and what here's the thing: if we do do go to something like this and record, you have to get those people living there on the show. 
Well, you know what really makes that place more interesting? There are tons and tons and tons of abandoned towns and ghost towns, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them, across the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one really close to where I live. Uh, Henry River Hill is what it's called. It's where they filmed uh, some of the original, the first uh, Hunger Games movie. Yes, yes. I remember. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah, I live literally like 10 minutes from there. I've gone through it hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times throughout my life. And it's been abandoned since the 50s, so it's really creepy looking. Wait. All the houses are still there. The big uh, buildings, that the the factory that all those buildings were surrounding is still there. It's right at a river. I mean, it's really interesting and fascinating. But, hmm. you know, nobody at all lives there now. It's completely gone. Everybody's the one, That's the one that was the textile town, wasn't it? Yes, yep. Yeah, it, yeah. That was, that was a textile plant. And, you know, back then, the whole town was, was supported by that plant. And I mean, it even had its own store. Like you made your money from working there, and then you spent groceries and bought groceries from that same place. Yep. And then it caught fire and went up in flames, so they had nothing, and everybody just left. Mm. But all the buildings and everything are still there. It looks like they left it how it was, and they just walked out with nothing. Is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean that's. But you can't walk through any of those buildings. I'll be afraid you'd fall through the floors. Well, and and you know. Would you really want to walk through some of those buildings? No, I don't like. I don't like uh, when you're going around because it's a really curvy, small street right there, coming off the bridge into that town. And like sometimes your your car, your headlights will shine into an open door because some of the doors are just open, and you're just shining, and it's just really creepy. I'm afraid I'm going to see somebody's face just pop up. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's uh uh-uh. uh. I, I full reverse, full reverse. <laughs> That's when you need uh, the the drones, the drones with the little uh, cameras on them. They'll oh, explore dude! Those they, towns. Uh, they did that in the newest uh, Poltergeist, the the Poltergeist oh, really? remake. When uh, you know when when they have to go rescue the daughter at the end, he sends the the son's drone through first. No, really, and it is hardcore, man. Like that's probably the best part of the movie. I gotta see it now. Oh, dude, it is so cool. It's like, it's like, remember the end of the original Poltergeist when the mom goes through the hole to get the daughter? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Come on, man, come on. Oh, gosh, I saved our lives. <laughs> that That's, it's, it's good stuff. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. That's awesome. Just say it. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's, it's, just, it, this is the first remake I've seen in a long time that you know when something's going to happen because it's so close to the original. Mm-hmm. But then when something does happen, they put some kind of twist on it, you know? You like the like drone the thing. Star Wars movie. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, like the drone. Like the, you're like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And then it flies in and you're like, okay, no, I'm not. I can't watch this. This is terrifying. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I think we're about done here. Uh, not unless you got anything else you want to add there, Chris. Oh no! I thoroughly enjoyed this one. It was quite a ride. Uh, I wasn't familiar with much of these the, these two stories, the urban legend and the uh, the town. Uh, but when you told me what it was, I was gonna look. I looked into it, and it was it was good. I enjoyed this. This was it was very informative. Yeah, very fascinating. Uh, Carter, thanks for being our mm-hmm. guest on here. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself one more time. And I'm sorry how that sounded, but you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Carter Johnson. I'm a horror author, and I really had a great time being on here with you two. This this was a lot of fun. Appreciate. It. What's the name of the book that so people can look for it, or find it? Can they find it on like uh, Kindle or? 
I'm on Kindle. I'm on Amazon.com. I'm on BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, the, the the title of the first novel is The House on Dead Boy Lane, and the title of my second novel is Meadowview Road. Are they? Uh, is it? Are they tied? Is it a series? Um, no, actually, the first book is about a haunted house, and the second one is about vampires, the non-sparkly kind. Nice, nice. Taking it back to the slicked back hair. Yeah, it's a little, it's more Lost Boys than uh, than oh. Twilight. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, you got yeah, an we'll ins- have, you got we'll an Instagram or... again for sure. Oh, absolutely, man! I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, you have Instagram or Twitter or anything like that you want people to find you on? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, um, and that's that's pretty much it for right now. Sweet. And big things are coming for him, so just just you you might want to get on the the Carter train now because he's got some big stuff happening ahead. Yeah, Very big cool. things are coming this year. Big things are coming this year. Awesome. We'd love to have you back. Definitely. I would love to come back, man. This was a lot of fun. It was definitely Johnny. What do you got? Uh, make sure you follow me on my Instagram, Johnnyism28. You enjoy all the art that I post on there, as well as anything funny that I can. That well, I'll be the only one who finds it funny, but I'll post it anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, make sure you find uh, this pay this uh, podcast Facebook page, History Creeps on Facebook. Uh, we we always try to post little pictures and stuff from the from each episode. Which I have to, I actually have to put, um, I was going to put an article, a link to an article for an update on one of our past episodes. Did you see, let me just bring this up before we close out. Did you see that they, um, they think they found the exact spot of the Salem witch trial hangings where they hung the witches? Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I'll put the, I found the, uh, an article about it. It was just like three or four days ago that they found it. So I'll, I'll connect it to our page. I'll put it up. And so, uh, so our listeners can see that as well, but you guys can check it out. I was Very like, Holy cool. crap. That's awesome. I'm going to update. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really cool. So I'll put that up so you guys can see it, but, uh, we go there too, man. We should go there. Oh, I really want to go there. Let's do it. I'm uh, down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram uh, and Twitter, CCChavez13, Facebook, um, our other podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, me and, and Anthony Mullen, Brandon uh, Fuller do the comic books, so come check us out on that show as well. We're on Facebook, we're on iTunes, all over the place. I should probably plug my other <laughs> one so Bobby doesn't kill me. Do it, do but, it. Yeah, Into Oblivion, make sure you <laughs> check that podcast out as well. It's on the same places you can find this one iTunes and Stitcher and all that, but it's a much different fare than this. Definitely. <laughs> it's definitely, it's a good time. It's a, it's a little goofier, if I can say. Uh, this was a good episode. I like this History Creeps. This was fun. We should have guests more often, and Carter, definitely more. You're welcome back as much as possible, man. This is good Oh, time. absolutely, man. I, I, and I will come back as, as long as you guys will have me. All right, well, we've got our third host then. That's good. That's good. There you go. Start it <laughs> off. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody.